Denver Ad School is filled with passionate creatives from all different backgrounds. The conversation in this episode is going to be a bit different because today, I talk to my fellow copywriter, Alicia Benda. We start off by discussing Alicia's status as a well-intentioned workaholic, but then we dive into her personal and formational experience in the U.S. Army. My name is Jeff Ulrey, and this is Journey to Add. I heard that you make your own kombucha. Yes, I do. <laughs> How long have you been doing that? I'm coming up on two years. My best friend was like, she knew how much of a kombucha fiend I was. Like, I drank kombucha all the time. It was like, I don't know, I love the sour flavor of it. I'm obsessed with apple cider vinegar as well, and I used to drink that more than kombucha until I discovered kombucha. And then she pretty much added up, like, depending on how much, like, I drank in a month, she added up the amount, and it was, like, an insane (laughs) amount of money. (laughs) She's like, girl, like... You talk shit about people going to Starbucks and getting, like, a $5 drink. Can you literally do the same thing with kombucha? And I was like... It's expensive. Yes, it is. And I I mean, it's, like, really cheap to make. Like, it's um, for a gallon of kombucha, which is, like, seven bottles, like, eight-ounce eight bottles of kombucha that mm. I make. It's one cup of sugar and a bunch of water and tea, and it's super cheap. Like, black tea is very cheap. Yep. I go to um, Costco and I get a big bag of organic sugar for, like, 10 bucks, and it lasts me forever. And then I make kombucha and I buy just, like, fresh fruit and juice the fruit and mix it up and stuff like that. So, it's, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> cheaper. Yeah. But it's also really fun. Like, it's like a science experiment. I'm always, I've never been good at science, but it's really interesting, like, the SCOBY, which is, like... A yeast. It's like a yeast-like creature thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like a little <laughs> nasty creature. And they, like, grow. They eat all the sugar. Because, like, a cup of sugar, like, it's like sweet tea when you first start brewing it with a SCOBY. And then the SCOBY eats away at it. And, like, I usually brew it for a week and it just sits in, like, a warm place. It's right now in my basement. <laughs> the little heater wrapped around it. Okay, so, nice. So it's like vinegar when you open the door and go down and do laundry. But, yeah, I just, like, do that for a week or two and take it out. And the SCOBY just grows on top of each other. Like, if anybody... Tell everyone if they want SCOBY, I will give it to them. I have so much SCOBY. It's yeah. unreal. Does your SCOBY have a name? No. No, it doesn't. I should name it. I've heard She's so. Just a big juicy monster. <laughs> I've heard some people like kind of like the same way, like with sourdough starters. Like they'll name oh, yeah, their sourdough yeah. starter, name their scobies before. So I was curious. I I think somebody's asked me that before, and I just like forgot about it but she's she's a strong one i mean i bought that scoby two years ago and i don't know if she's still there but what's grown from her is like out of control like, it's a proud heritage it's a beautiful heritage. <laughs> the ancestry goes back far like it's, the lineage is there but um yeah like i love doing it and i think what i would i wanted to my goal for 2020 uh was to start selling at the farmer's market but then 2020 happened yes. and it's also really crazy so kombucha does have like a little bit of alcohol in it and because of that you have to get a bunch of weird licenses oh. and stuff to sell it and it's it's like it's like five grand to start you know what i mean really I don't have all that money lying around i mean i do have money saved up but you don't have just five grand you can just burn through on a 
on a kombucha business, which yeah. I, I do want to start. Like, people love it, and I love making it, and my boyfriend's like, you really need to sell it. He, <laughs> like, really pushes me to sell it, too, but it would be fun just to, like, do that, and I, like, love having side hustles. I don't know why I can't stop being productive. It's, like, annoying. <laughs> like, I don't know how to st- sit still anymore. Like, yeah. I... Then I go on the other end of the spectrum, and then I'm scrolling on TikTok for, like, three hours. It's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> like, like I don't know how to take breaks, and it's not healthy. But because of that, like, I, you know, I'm, like, a wedding photographer, and I, like, brewing kombucha and want to sell that and, you know, freelance on the side as well. But I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like you like to keep busy. Yeah, yeah. But I also, like, I'm really good at binge-watching shows. You know what I mean? Like, okay. there's either or. Like, I could, like, okay, about a m- month or two ago, I, this, of course, was from TikTok. TikTok is, like, the root of all evil and amazing at Also the, the most time. glorious thing, it's yeah. It's so awesome. <laughs> so, there was this one account, the algorithm knows me so well at this point, of these all these outtakes from the Twilight movies. And I was like, you know, I'm feeling kind of moody today. And I like, I opened up TikTok and I saw that like early in the morning. I was like, I, I have a bunch of photos to edit. I'm just going to put on Twilight and have it be in the background. I went through the whole series. I started at 11 and I ended at like, I don't know, nine at night. My boyfriend comes home from work and he's like, what is going on like my boyfriend or my brother was home too and he like would come down periodically from his room and he was like you're still going and I'm like yeah like and I like justify it because like I'm editing photos I'm doing work sure you're working around for the same time I'm watching all these movies (laughs) so yeah it's hardcore like I'm very either or I'll like I don't know work really hard and then like f off really hard as well so it's nice i mean i think i read somewhere that it's very important for creative people to have time to just do nothing yeah Yeah. and so like that totally makes sense like sure just throw on some movies or just (laughs) scroll your phone for a little bit and just mindlessly do nothing yeah yeah and even like i've tried to be transitioning back into school last year i was like went too far all in and was stressing myself out too okay. much and I was like you know what like the second quarter rolled around and I was like you need to like make sure that you protect your like mental health and bound set boundaries and stuff so I like made it a point to like go to yoga every week and take a bath and you know start my week out right like on Sunday nights I would like write out goals for the week and like do a face mask and stuff and like just make it a point my boyfriend was like hey so I never see you anymore and he's like you're kind we had like a come to Jesus moment he was like you're a workaholic and I was like oh my god no I'm not like because to me a workaholic I'm like thinking of like you know a middle-aged dad who works at like a cubicle from nine to five all day and he just leaves his family behind and he was like no you're a workaholic alicia like i never see you you're always busy you sit at your desk all day and i was like oh my gosh i'm a workaholic so i don't know i was like okay that's not a thing to be proud of like everybody in the states thinks it's something to be very proud of like that you stay up pull all-nighters and like hustle and grind and like the hustle culture is like stupid right now (laughs) 
it, it, you know, you just have to, like, be smart about it. And so, I don't know. I was like, okay. So, we had to, like, schedule in. I, like, had a day off where I didn't do any homework. I didn't do any work. And it was so, it was the best thing ever. And now I still try to, like, hold to that. Like, I where I have one day where I, like... It, and if that means I have to work really, really hard the day before or the day after, I sure. will. Just so I just don't <laughs> do anything, like, that yeah. day. Because... Yeah, like my parents moved out here last year because I'm from Minnesota and okay. um, they, my whole family is out here now and I have been wanting them to be out here my whole life and I haven't, I mean I've been able to spend time with them but like for a while there I was like not spending time with them at all and yeah. I just was like, it's hard. But yeah, it's so important to like set boundaries and just be better about doing that and I think that the first quarter of school really was a teaching moment for me in sure. a lot of ways, so. I feel like we all kind of have those moments, like, where we're thrown into, like, a new situation, and it can be very natural to just be like, oh, I do want to do a really good job at this. Yeah. And so yeah. I focus on that entirely, and then mm-hmm. it's like, well, wait, the rest of life is still going on. Yeah. <laughs> you need to chill. Right. Don't need to be a freak about this. Like, yeah, because I'm like a... I was a t- not a teacher's pet growing up, but I really was a good student okay. always. Like, my friends were, who were, like, super smart would, like, never do homework and, like, ace the test, mm-hmm. not study. And I'd be over <laughs> here studying all the time, and I would get, like, a 80 or 90 and do all my homework and, like, you know, you know, and so yeah. I'd, like, always have that kind of work ethic that's kind of annoying. Is that just kind of, like, a natural chip on your shoulder, like, type thing, or is it just because you like working at things that much I think I'm just a hard worker I have it might be a a weakness and a strength like I mean it is a weakness and a strength like obviously working hard is awesome but I have a lot of unrealistic expectations I've just been somebody who's always had too many high expectations for myself or just life in general bit of a perfectionist yeah a little bit of a perfectionist but I've gotten I think I've gotten over that I've had to address that over the past couple years and like no I'm just like it is what it is. Like, I will work hard, and that's that. Like, at least I know that I worked hard on it. Sure. I can own that. And also not kill myself. Because, like, working for your entire life, like, there's that quote. It's like, some people, like, work to live, and others live to work. And yeah. I want to work to live. Like, right. I don't want my job to be my life. <laughs> like, sure. Unless it's, like, my dream job of, like, brewing kombucha, or, like, traveling <laughs> the world, or you know moving to Hawaii and like off the grid and being a total hippie you know like which those things will happen mark my words this is accountability <laughs> you right heard, here you heard it here first yeah <laughs> like it's happening it's just not a matter of uh, it's not if but when um, okay but yeah I just even then because anything can turn into like an unhealthy obsession like I want a good balance of life so. yeah and I've learned that over the past couple of years, especially last year, this year, just yeah. with being busy and stuff. With school, Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, so let's go back to the beginning a little bit. So you mentioned Minnesota. What was it like growing up there? And were you always a workaholic when you were growing up? Cold. It was always cold. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So yeah, I was born and raised there. Um, my dad was born and raised there and my mom moved 12 times growing up. My grandpa, oh, wow. he was a contractor for the government. And so when she met my dad and they got married, she was like, we are having one house and we're not moving our children <laughs> ever. 
And my parents actually told me one time that they got a job offer to live in Hawaii, and I've never let them forget it. And they're like, you probably wouldn't have been born. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> How dare you? But so I think I've always been a hard worker. I mean, just like going back to what I was saying, like just as a student, like I think I was always just it was like rooted in just like being the best I could and like yeah you know working really hard and like I I was always like out of my friend group I was a goody two shoes who was always like guys we shouldn't do this and it was I it was like rooted in anxiety yeah also because like my mom's made a name as Murphy so we have Murphy's law and we'd always make fun of it, like <laughs> very unlucky and I'm like the type of person who does one like rebellious thing once and I get caught and punished at the extreme so I've just like that's me and I have I like had a kind of like a bunch of rebellious friends growing up so we'd always be getting into stuff and I'd be like guys I don't know if we should do this and they're like we're fine and I'm like I don't know and then we'd get caught and then like they'd all run away and I'd be like hey like in trouble so yeah, but Minnesota was great. Like, I talk a lot of shit about it, but it's like a love-hate relationship. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to move out here to Colorado. Okay. I have a bunch of family. My mom's practically my whole um, mom's side of the family lives here and have for most of their lives. And just always wanted to be in the mountains, and I just loved how sunny it was here. And Sure. Minnesota's gorgeous. It's an awesome place to raise the family. Great infrastructure. <laughs> <laughs> Never realized that until I moved and became an adult, and I'm like, the roads in Colorado The things horrid. you appreciate. Yeah, they're horrid. <laughs> Horrible. Awful. Like, Minnesota, everything's just spaced out, and it's beautiful, and there's so many trees, and the summers are amazing, especially if you love water, like all the lakes and stuff. Sure. But um, super humid, lots of mosquitoes, and... Good old Midwest. Yeah, you won't see the sun (laughs) in the wintertime for hours, or not hours, days, months, and the snow just is there until May. So I was just like, I did a year of community college um, after I graduated high school, and looking back, like, and at the time I knew it was a smart thing to do because I didn't know what I wanted. And I thought about going up north in Minnesota to this place called um, UMD in Duluth. So, like, super close to Canada. Yeah. But it's gorgeous. And it's like the boulder of Minnesota is uh, what I've okay. compared it to. Um, it's beautiful. It's right off of, like, Superior and stuff like that. So... Um, my, I had a boyfriend at the time who was a year younger and I didn't want to move. And my dad also was like, don't go. And, um, he's like, he like, we're, I'm very close to my family. And so he like didn't want me to move out, Sure. but also like it was very expensive and we didn't have money saved for college. So we, I just did community college and literally the day, I think my first day of school, like I started looking at like applying to CU Boulder. Because I just wanted to come out here. Okay. And I was like, my mom and I toured this place, like, during my freshman year of college. And I applied and got in. And so I was going to go there and move out in the fall and stuff like that. And at the same time, like, the out-of-state tuition here is ridiculous. It's like (laughs) 40 grand a year. Like, I mean, it's out of control. Like, and that much debt just, like, totally freaks me out. Absolutely, as it should. Yeah, and my boyfriend at the time was, like, going to go into the Marines, and he was, like, super patriotic, and, like, had, like, he was just, like, his destiny was to be in the Marine Corps, and I was, like, my aunt was in the National Guard, and I was, like, hey, like, 
I don't know. And I think I had a friend at the time who just joined the National Guard and they pay for school or whatever. And it's like mm-hmm. the reserves. So they say, don't get me started on that. We'll get there. <laughs> so I thought about it for a really long time. I talked to a lot of my friends. I, you know, talked to this recruiter and I really weighed out my options about joining to pay for school. Mm-hmm. And so I did. I actually swore into the Colorado National Guard in Minnesota, um, which is <laughs> just weird. But and immediately got in-state tuition, which is so amazing. That's huge. And then I moved out here and knew no one and met some of my best friends in like a random room assignment for these apartments off campus and went there for the fall semester and it was so awesome. That was also the year of all the floods that happened here, oh. which was pretty wicked. Then I went to basic training in that January and... Did all my training pretty much that whole uh, spring semester of my supposed sophomore year. Uh, It was crazy. (laughs) But, yeah, like, I I don't know. I'm a very hard worker. I'm very active. Like, I'm really into fitness, and I always have been. And so, yeah, it was a really good challenge for me. But, yeah, so I, I came back, and I had worn a uniform and all this kind of stuff and then I pretty much went to college and did that army stuff on the side the whole Mm -hmm. time I did it and I paid for school for most of school they say 100% tuition and it's not true unless you get deployed (laughs) okay which I did (laughs) but so I got deployed in 2017 so that was literally it's so funny four years ago to this day, I remember waking up right after the election and we were like getting ready to leave and it was just so weird. It was so weird. Yeah. So I spent my first year with a new president, like out of the country. So it was a weird experience, you know, observing from abroad what was going on. Where Um, were you deployed? Iraq and Syria. Okay. Yeah. So I trying to think. So in between that time, the boyfriend that I had is a shit show. It ended, whatever. And I met my now boyfriend, Paul, in the army, and we actually got deployed together. So yeah, in 2017, we went to Iraq, and it was actually, it was the most challenging thing of my life, just like very mentally, like my my family is super, we're all, like I said, super close, and so it was really hard, like having that on my mind, and I literally had one semester of school left. I was like, I just want to graduate, and then can I go? But it was fine. I did a couple classes when I was um, deployed. My friends and I joked that that was, like, my study abroad. (laughs) Because I didn't didn't study abroad. So that's my study in abroad, Iraq and Syria, and a little bit of Kuwait. Solid. Um, Yeah, so we flew out, like, at the end of November. Um, we, We did all this training in Texas, and then flew out and literally got to Kuwait on Christmas Day, celebrated Christmas in Kuwait, and then like were there for a week and then flew out to Iraq and then we were in Iraq for maybe four or five months, I want to say. No, longer than that, six or seven. And it really was just like the same thing every day. I was a radar operator, so we had this like million dollar multi-million dollar radar Mm -hmm. that tracked all sorts of different rounds it was supposed to be like for base defense but in that part of iraq like we weren't where um not fallujah up north i can't remember where it was all this stuff was going on up north in iraq and i'm a little foggy on my iraq geography otherwise i would step in (laughs) i'm like i'm like i'm trying to remember 
where there was a lot of stuff going on in northern Iraq around that time, but we weren't over there, so it was really quiet where we were. So we did base defense, but my job was boring, so we just like would sit in this little chew, which was a shipping container, and I was there for most of the winter, which was nice. Like we were there over the the summer, but I worked night shift. Okay. I, I tried to like finesse that. Paul and I worked night shift, so also. Props to anyone who's ever, like, nurses who do night shift or, like, officers or, like, any sorts of people who work odd jobs because it is so hard to sleep during the day. Like, I mm-hmm. will never do it again. I had horrible sleep patterns and stuff, but it was so hot. I just remember one day, this was, we moved a couple times, and Paul and I, the only time we've done long distance was actually when we were deployed. He got moved to one base one time. Like, okay. we, our platoon kept getting split up because they kept needing us to go different places and the ironic thing is that we had a bunch of we were deployed with like a bunch of active duty people and my MOS which is like my job like the army loves acronyms acronyms so many it's ridiculous it's out of control so my MOS is like my specialty job whatever okay my job position was a 13 Romeo and that's a combat position so we were with a lot of like active duty soldiers all the time whatever and we got called up to go to Syria and literally build a base there. And so about, like, a third of our platoon went, and, um, because the active duty units there were like, we don't think we're prepared to go. And we were like, you're sending the National Guard that you make fun of all the time to go to, like, where they're literally firing at people. That seems very backwards. Yeah. (laughs) And we, like, made fun of them before. We were like, wow, these guys are losers. (laughs) Like... Wow, okay, but it was a really interesting experience because it was definitely not a National Guard deployment, Mm -hmm. but I just remember this one time, it was in the summer, and I was about to go to Syria. Paul and I had been separated for two months, and I was getting ready to go see him at the base that they had built in Syria, and we got called up to go to a different place in Syria, and it ended up being a special forces base couldn't even tell you where we were in Syria, but within 24 hours, my like world totally changed and we were going somewhere else and we had to pack up the radar, which is huge and get ready to move that and put that on a plane and fly out. And I had this, you know, you live out of a bag for nine months. So you Mm -hmm. have to be able to pack everything up into this big ass bag that you could literally fit like two people in. So I'm like (laughs) stuffing all this shit in there and you know, and like you're not wearing shorts over there. You're wearing all this shit plus equipment plus you're carrying a gun and it's like clanking on the ground and all this garbage. Yeah. So I had like my bag and I'm like pulling it and it's like we don't have walkways. It's just rocks everywhere and I'm pulling it. And I just remember it was 125 degrees and I was just like shit. sweating <laughs> and I started crying because I was like so delirious and I was like stressed and tired and I was just like fuck this. I hate this. Like. And I look back and I laugh because I'm like, oh my god, 120 degrees. It was so hot. I mean, it's like Death Valley. Like, mm-hmm. hot, hot desert heat. And, yeah, then I flew to Syria and we were with a bunch of F, uh, SF guys who were just jacked. And that was a really interesting experience. And our base got attacked a couple times and we got shot at a few times and... Yeah, it was crazy. It was like, it was just so weird. Like, I just had a lot of time to reflect, obviously, over there. You had a lot Mm -hmm. of time to be in your own head. And I definitely did come back with some PTSD. I, like, worked through it because I knew that it could possibly happen. And I wanted to mitigate that before it became an issue. A lot of soldiers don't 
don't have the resources. Like I um, wanted to be a counselor for the longest time. So I had a degree mm. in psychology and was able to kind of come back like and be like, you need to desensitize yourself like, yeah. or not desensitize yourself. Like st- don't like pack it away. Like you need to unpack it. You need to talk to people about it as much as you possibly can and like all that stuff. So it definitely was crazy. What? Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. So you already had such a like strong work ethic. Did your experience with the National Guard and being deployed, did that alter your sort of like personality or like approach to like work or even your just appreciation for things? There's so many things I could unpack with this, but I... The Army is a practically just a very dysfunctional company, just like anywhere else that you would work at. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of bureaucracy, a lot of politics, a lot of backwards thinking, outdated thinking. And so I came in like this, you know, whatever they say, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed soldier out of basic. And like, I'm very proud to be a new soldier and stuff. And you just show up and you see how like dysfunctional everything is and nothing makes sense and the hardest workers get tasked out with the most things and get taken advantage of and so you kind of had to learn to like be smart about how you worked and stuff like that so it turned me very bitter like I turned very bitter um for the longest time because it just was so dysfunctional and I just hated just the not the irony of the hypocrisy of everything and like leadership and stuff like that we just had like and like on deployment too it really came out like we were part of like this bigger unit and we were kind of we called um our platoon the redheaded stepchildren like they we got like the bad jobs and all this kind of bullshit meanwhile like all these like majors who are getting all these like awards and stuff are doing nothing they're literally in dubai surfing because uh, the rest of our unit got deployed to dubai so while we're over here and we have shitty ass internet we can see on Facebook that, like, our captains are learning how to surf, and they're going to the Burj Khalifa, or they're, like, being able to drink on the weekends, and we can't drink alcohol. We can't do anything, you know? Yeah. So, that, and just, like, seeing, like, how shady things could be, like, it made me very bitter, but, so it, like, changed. It was, like, very different. Like, I separated myself a little bit. Like, I, you have, like, soldier Alicia and then civilian Alicia, and I was a soldier Alicia for a long time, like, Mm -hmm. a year active duty and so I I'm a very emotional person I'm an open book I'm very empathetic I wear my heart on my sleeve all that kind of stuff and I really had to protect myself and I really had to stop sharing with people and stop being so vulnerable and stop being so like as a woman in the army too you're expected to just like suck it up and be one of the guys or whatever and you kind of have to do that or you're looked at as like weak and you have to like overcompensate as a woman in the army just to prove yourself or whatever. So I definitely shut off a lot of myself emotionally and then like Paul and I like didn't want it's everything. Let me tell you men are very dramatic. I deployed with all men and they love to gossip. I'm, I mean, not, not, wow. nothing on you, but I was prepared <laughs> to have drama with women just in general, yeah. you know, and I'm, I've always been, I've always gravitated towards men. I grew up with a lot of men, so I've mm-hmm. just been more comfortable about around men, but it was horrible. They would gossip all the time about each other and we just got it all on each other's nerves and you can't walk away. You can't tell them to fuck off. We were stuck with each other. Right. So 
you hate them and you just have to work with them. And so Paul and I tried to keep our relationship a closed door except for a few of our really close friends who know when we were deployed because it would just be like it's just so childish like it's like yeah. high school with like you know 18 year old men to 45 year old men <laughs> like it was just insane so I had to like I had a lot of shitty stuff happen to me a lot of like backstabbing and like it definitely when I came back it took a lot for me to like unpack like who was I before deployment and like being a creative person too like there wasn't a lot of outlet for creativity like I actually wrote a blog while I was there just to kind of like write okay. to get stuff out and my parents and everybody else at home was able to read it and just like you know try to paint and you know my parents sent me paint supplies and like I just tried to like do as much as I could possible to feel like myself and be creative and you know like the army is all green and neutral colors and like you know, you can't be yourself. Like, I'm, I love turquoise. I love wearing, like, very, like, different yeah. clothing. And, like, I have to have my hair pulled back all the time. No makeup. No nose ring. No piercings or anything. And, like, mm-hmm. you never get to wear your own clothes, really. And so it took a lot for me to, like, come back and, and deal with that and stuff. And so it was, like, took about a year, like, to work through everything. And Paul also came home and worked through his stuff, too. But, I mean, like, coming out of it, it was, like... It was such a high. I remember we got back to Texas and there was a smash burger on post. And the food in the army, by the way, is disgusting. It is despicable. It's like prison food. I mean, it's horrible. But I got a burger and I just remember crying tears of joy because it was so good. I mean, it was like so good. It was amazing. And and, and like all those little things like that, like being able to experience that and coming home like we surprised my parents and Paul surprised his parents and I just but like going back to like what you also asked like it was so weird walking into the aisle at the store and seeing like a thousand different shampoos and conditioners like I just remember Mm. like standing like under the bright light fluorescent lights and be like I don't know how to be an American which is like consumerism (laughs) like we love shopping we're very materialistic (laughs) in a lot of ways and like that's our, our freedom of expression is like in the things we buy and all that kind of stuff and like it was just weird coming back to that not like being overwhelmed like with all this just in your face like shopping and people and bustling and kids like I didn't see kids for nine months it was so weird yeah. like so weird so it was crazy but we came back and we got a house out of it and I like paid off my the student loans that I had and finished school and it was crazy. I mean, it was whirlwind. It sounds like it, <laughs> yeah, for sure. What sticks out to me about Alicia is how open and thoughtful she is, which is one of the many reasons that she is a great creative partner. And so I can't imagine what it would have been like to see such a different side of her in the army. Let's take a quick breather with a quick ad break before we hear more from Alicia Benda. What's that? It's kombucha. Haven't you ever tried it? It's so darn good. So good. I mean, so good. Jeez, Jeff, watch your mouth. You don't understand. Here, take it. Wow, that's amazing. 
What the f Son of a booch. So good you'll curse. We're back with Alicia, where we pick back up with her story stateside at CU Boulder, surrounded by an unfamiliar group of people. We talk about her early experiences in advertising and how being a creative person often means having multiple creative facets. Yeah, so I double majored. I originally was going to go to school for psychology and be a counselor, but I didn't want to do more school. I ended up doing more school. I'm in school right now. <laughs> yeah, you're in school now, but anyway. Whatever. <laughs> it's, it's all meant to be. I was supposed to be here, but... I also just am too much of a like an empathetic person. I don't think I would be able to like shut off like helping people and like not taking yeah. the work home with me or whatever. So I was talking to my dad about it and he's like, you know, you're super creative. I think maybe you should like look into advertising because like, you know, that's a fun creative way but you also like have a stable income like and it's like funny because like a lot of people joke in the industry like it's like a way to be an artist without start being the starving artist sure. like you know like because you can make money with it which is kind of sad <laughs> yeah um was your dad familiar with advertising i don't i think he may have known a few people from high school that were in advertising okay or just was kind of aware of it and um was just like yeah you should look into it and uh, lo and behold cu has has one of like the best advertising programs in the country that you don't have to go to portfolio school for okay but the time that i had was going there was they were going through a lot of transition and stuff like that, so I feel like I didn't get the best education out of it as I could. Mm. I didn't leave with the best portfolio. I mean, this portfolio obviously is going to be way better than the one I have right now. Sure. When I got out of college, but I did learn a lot and met Riley there. Okay. So Riley and I know each other from there. I, this is like I came back from deployment. All my friends had graduated college. Sure. I didn't know anybody. And it was coming into a year-long class of portfolio. I was coming into the second half of portfolio. So everyone knew each other. And then, like, I met Riley, and he was like, hey, do you want to work with me? And then we, like, ended up, you know, working and winning these awards. And, like, it was awesome. And, like, he's an art director. I was a copywriter. It was mm-hmm. great. So... And then I was like, wow, like, advertising's fun. Like, it's really cool. It's crazy. Um, yeah. And graduated college and, like, was maybe thinking about moving out to New York. And because we, like, won an award and then went out there to go to the award show in New York. Gotcha. And it was really awesome and, like, got my book reviewed at, like, McCann and was thinking about going to McCann and stuff like that. And it just didn't really work out. And I was just frustrated because it's, like, very much about who you know more than, like, and this is where it was frustrating for me. I was like, I work hard. I My book is good. And it didn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it did not matter at all. It's kind of like, just take a chance on me because I know I can do it. Yeah. But if yeah. you don't know someone, then... Yeah. And I remember cold calling all the time, sending emails, applying to jobs. Like, I would ask my teachers from college, like, what can I do? And they were just, like, pointing me in all these different directions. But it just didn't feel like I had that many places to go so I spent the summer I like finished a couple last classes online in the summertime and the army was paying me very well (laughs) for going to school so I was fine with that but I was like looking the whole time and I was getting pretty frustrated by it all and then Riley was working at he had an internship at a couple places but he was working at this place called school 
and Boulder, which is like a small purpose-based advertising um, agency slash consultancy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, like, I can't guarantee you anything, but they're like, they need somebody to, you know, come in and do an internship for the fall. So you should ask and see, like, I'll, I'll get you in for an interview or something. And I was like, okay, sure. And I remember the day that I was, like, going to find out if I, like, was getting the internship or not. I had gotten, you know, I'd been I'd been in a lot of interviews. But it was, like, for a lot of marketing jobs, which were, like, basically pyramid schemes. Like, they were, sure. like, like, having me, I don't know, it was, like, all commission-based. It was just weird. And like, I'm they not, call it marketing, but seller. it's really, like, sales. And <laughs> yes, it's it not, all not creative in any way. No, no. And I'm, like, not aggressive. I'm not, like... I'm not a seller. I can sell my work. Whoever heard of an empathetic salesman? Oh my God. (laughs) Me like sitting on your doorstep, not selling you anything, but we're talking about your life problems. That would be me being a door-to-door saleswoman. So yeah, like I was supposed to have my first day at this like, and it was like cool. It was a female-led marketing agency, but like I was going to basically be working at Costco. I had to wear like a blazer and slacks and I was like hell no this is not me I don't want to wear some sort of outfit to work like I was just like very much against it I want to work in an ad agency whatever so they called me and I got the internship and then I interned at school for like three months going into that like winter and then they hired me on as like a copywriter a little junior creative and it was a very small shop so there was two creative directors who were also super young who went to see you and then Riley, basically Riley and I. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then like, then we had like a higher up, like Max, who was the CEO. And then a lot of like really good seasoned, like ad veterans, like from like for the account and strategy and whatever. But we were basically made up the creative team. So it was a lot of like balls to the wall work. Like we did a lot of pitches. We did a lot of, yeah, a lot of pitches, a lot of working on stuff. It was definitely at the office super late all the time, but it was mm-hmm. great because it felt like I was doing something and like I learned a lot and like I, I, I mean, we worked with Miracle Grow and RX Bar and New Belgium and Beam Centauri, so like a lot of alcohol brands and stuff like that, which yeah. is crazy. It was a super small agency, but... I never, I didn't get anything to put my book out of it. I just had experience, if you know what I mean. Sure. And then school closed a little over a year ago. So we went remote back in summer of 2019. So before the pandemic. A little practice, perhaps. A a little practice. (laughs) We were literally, I remember one time, my friend Ben, who is my boss, Riley and I are sitting at Riley's house on his patio in Boulder with this big ass whiteboard, like figuring out a campaign for MTV. And we were just like, what the hell's going on? What are we doing? This is weird. What's happening? And like, it was a great experience. I love working remotely. I traveled a shit ton last summer because of that, or summer 2019, and was able to do that. Yeah. But yeah, school went under, unfortunately. And Riley and I were absorbed by. One of the um, account slash strategy people, she has her own, like, branding agency as well. So I just did that, and now I'm working for her as, like, a freelancer for just social media. Okay. But Riley and I were, like, when they were, like, going under, they were, like, okay, we're going to pay you until the end of the year Mm -hmm. from our parent company, and then you're going to be absorbed by Becky and her company afterwards. Riley and I are, like, oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> like 
And meanwhile, Riley and I have been trying to, like, we've been applying to all these other agencies. Sure. And, like, you know, trying to get out and go to, like, not that school wasn't a big real agency, but we felt like we needed to go somewhere bigger. You're trying to you go know? somewhere to get, like, the mentorship and also get the stuff that's, like, for your book. Yeah, and get and paid more and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, we're panicking. <laughs> and we're trying to figure it out. And meanwhile, um, we met Jesse and Heather at a CU career fair. And okay. they, of course, they have all this cool branding. And Naturally. We're like, we're like, who the hell are these people? And, like, Riley and I went up to them at the career fair, and... Or they came up, up to us, I can't remember. And they are like, oh, hey, like, we know Max. Like, we've been talking with Max. Like, we're this new portfolio school that's coming into town this year. We just wanted to ask you guys about your experience at CU. Because we got to talking, and they, like, were like, oh, you went here? And I was like, yeah, but we didn't really like the experience we had. <laughs> I didn't feel like I was ready for the real world. And so we had established a relationship with Jesse and Heather, got to know them, and I was just like, God, what they're doing is so cool. And Riley kept, Riley and I kept saying to each other, we were like, we wish we could have, like, gone to Denver ad school. <laughs> like, just, like, under our <laughs> breath all the time, like, damn, like, what a, like, missed opportunity, whatever. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I, it was so moving forward to, like, September of last year, right before the first class, our first class started here at Denver Ad School, is when we found out that our, we were going under for uh, school, okay. the agency. School, the agency, so yeah. So why not go to, go school, to school then? <laughs> so Riley and I were sitting there, and we talked to Jesse and Heather for a while, and we were like, yeah, we don't have a book. We could make our own book. It would just take a lot more work. And this is like a year of school and we'll get out. And we were talking to Jesse and Heather and they were like, you know, this is like an experience. Like you're never going to get like, you can kind of like fumble through the dark or whatever and try to make it. Sure. And and Riley and I have been talking about redoing our books for months, like years. And it just, you know, it's like homework that you never want to do. And this forces you to do it and meet a bunch of cool people and just try something new. So... Yeah, we ended up doing that, <laughs> and we were like, oh, we're going back to school, and yeah, so that led us to here, so it was really crazy, and just kind of funny how it works, like, yeah, you know, and, and through that time, like, when I was working at school, the agency, I started, like, you know, doing photography and brewing kombucha, so I really started thinking about, like, oh my gosh, like, there's a lot of stuff I want to do mm-hmm. by myself, and I it was so funny, I was talking to Jesse and Heather and I was telling them like, I don't, I was like, I don't, it's not that I don't want to do advertising anymore. It's just like, I want to like run my own business and like do this whole thing and and do my own thing. Yeah. And I was like, but I don't think I'm there yet in my business. Like I could definitely do it. A lot of people have just jumped off the deep end and done it. And they, and I fully believe that it could have been very successful if I would have done that. But I also like wanted to stay in advertising a little bit longer and Mm -hmm. just like maybe eventually free freelance from it or just like there's so much you can learn from advertising even if it's not my full-on end game or career end game like sure branding is so important for like my own businesses and like knowing that background and stuff is super important and like there's just so much to learn about it and like media like everybody says that the ad the ad industry is small so you just like know somebody who knows somebody all the time and I do, I, I mean, I love brainstorming, I love writing, like, yeah. writing comes naturally to me, so it's just, it feels right, and so, I, like, I was like, Jesse, Heather, I don't know if I want to do advertising anymore, and they were like, 
well, you should just come to Denver Head School. And they were like, I know you just said you don't want to come, but really think about it. Like, yeah. like just come. Like, what do you have to lose? Just try it. And they were like, if you don't like it, just drop out. <laughs> I was like, I can't drop out. I can't do it. <laughs> That's probably against your nature right there. Oh, like, I would never. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I mean, thankfully, like, I, of course, didn't. And then, yeah, I'm going to drop out now. I have like a month left. <laughs> Fifth quarter, halfway Jesse, through. Heather, sorry, I'm dipping out. I'm done. I mean, they have all your money now at this point, know, so they probably late. don't really care. Too late. No, but it's been <laughs> such an amazing experience. Yeah. And like... Yeah, very stressful. <laughs> I'm sure. But also very rewarding, and, like, I can't believe we had to pivot with COVID and everything that happened. Yeah. And it, it's been and it worked out. I mean, we've been fine. Yeah. And I think we're just in such a unique place to enter into the ad world like yeah i was like i've been in the ad world like before but this is like my real time yeah now. this is the real the real real time it's so like second it, chance. You, you were the the opening act and now you're like the yeah, the, is, the feature yeah this is featured artist yeah. for sure feature artist like <laughs> so we'll see i mean might as well go all out and see how it goes for a Heck while yeah but i'm so glad that i decided to like try it and stick with it and just mm-hmm. go through with it and you know, I think it's been really awesome, and I've met so many awesome people. And yeah. I'm definitely, yeah, like what I was saying earlier, I'm definitely going to miss it. I mean, I'm very stressed <laughs> right now. I'm very stressed right now. Sure. But I'm very much going to miss it, because you, you know, like, I was thrown into this. Right. And I adjusted, and I've been a student for so long. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to get out, and I'm going to not have homework, and I'm going to have, like, a job and then I'm going to be able to work on my, like, side hustles or whatever. And I'm going to have a life again. Like, yeah. I'm not prepared for... I'm I'm going to go through that whole Twilight binge-watching episode <laughs> again. Except, like, for three weeks. Like, and I'll be, like, a grub on my couch applying for jobs or something. I don't even know what's going to happen. I'm so intrigued to see what's going to happen, like... It'll in be interesting. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. So. When did you first discover that you liked writing? Super young. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was in second grade. I like my favorite teacher was a Mrs. Meyer in second grade. She was a watercolor um, artist as well, and she taught me how to watercolor paint in the summers. And we, she was just one of those really cool progressive teachers that made like the experience so much better. Like mm-hmm. I remember we put on a magic show, and like she had this like bookmaking station in the back of class, like where you could like literally ba- like write and make your own books and like scribe them and like bind them together mm-hmm. and I just remember <laughs> I made a book in that class I don't know if I still ha- I think I still have it because my parents gave me a bunch of stuff when they moved last year <laughs> nice. and I was dying going through like I'm horrible at drawing sketching is not my thing I can paint mm-hmm. but I can freehand paint but I cannot doodle draw sketch for the life of me and it was all the stuff like that book I had. I was like, oh my god, look at this. <laughs> that's I remember. That's I think that's when I, I really discovered that I loved writing. I wanted to be like a, a writer, you know, mm-hmm. like a professional author. And we like I remember she even had us like make our own book. It was like a Christmas present for our parents, and so we like wrote our own book and then she had us like film us reading the book to them and then we would give them the book and the video so cute whatever (laughs) that is like i would die if i found it again but that's when i was like 
I, I've just always been very artistic. I want to be a dancer. I wanted to, you know, I did ballet when I was younger. Okay. And then met that my, the teacher, Mrs. Myers, and uh, wanted to watercolor paint and be an artist. Mm-hmm. And, like, writing just is always something, like, I'm just, you know, love expressing my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Pisces. <laughs> love talking. If Shanty's ever listened to this, she'll laugh. That's I can see why you two get along I, so yeah, well. Yeah, her and I are both friends. <laughs> um, we just Marco Polo all the time. Just talk all the time. We, we literally are like, we don't say that we're rambling anymore because that's fine. We've just accepted that yeah. we ramble all the time. But I've always just like loved doing that. And in high school, I loved taking creative writing classes. Mm-hmm. And thought about having like, uh, like I wanted to be a journalist for the longest time. And okay. just wrote a lot. Like I wrote like an essay in fifth grade and we had like a sixth grade field trip or whatever to go to Washington DC and I like entered into this essay contest and won and was able to go put like the flag or the wreath on the tomb of the unknown soldier Mm. so I was always like writing I was always doing something with writing okay when I came to advertising like I'm also very artistic yeah so I was gonna say because you've mentioned like photography that you've done yeah. as well mm-hmm. so even if you can't draw you have some sort of visual eye yeah like I'm keen to it for sure but definitely just would take a lot of like like maneuvering and figuring that out and okay like I do a lot on photoshop but I'm not amazing at it like I barely understand illustrator I do love making videos like so I'm decent at premiere and like cutting mm-hmm. videos and editing them and stuff but yeah like writing just comes like much more naturally to me and, like, I am able to do photography, like, on the side as my own, like, outlet of just, like, visually doing stuff that way. Yeah. Um, so that's nice. But, yeah, writing just, like, when they were, like, you have to decide, like, what you want to do for your career track. And I was, like, I don't know. Like, I really like blah, blah, blah. And I also like writing. And they were, like, well, you can't be both. And I was, like, <laughs> okay. And so I just kind of picked writing and you know everybody was like in the industry um like teachers at CU were like if you ever want to just go be an art director like you can like you know Jesse has done that and like a lot of people in the industry like will switch over if they want to I fully I'm also calling that Riley will be a copywriter for (laughs) a week and he'll be like fuck this I hate it we're gonna have to keep track of like all these bets and like everything (laughs) that you've made in the last hour you know (laughs) I always talk about Riley would be great at copywriting he's good great at copywriting but would hate like the job of it you know what I mean like he's one of those art directors that just like can like just throw out like 20 lines and you're like I love all of them we're gonna use all of them yeah <laughs> but I think he would hate it like I think he loves like he's very visual like mm-hmm. tinkering with stuff on um illustrator and photoshop and stuff but it's just funny like yeah and I think Dave Angelo last week was like mm-hmm. everybody everybody is a little bit of an art director everybody's a little bit of a copywriter like yeah. we have a little bit of strategy too like there's no we're all a little bit of whatever and that's because we're creative just because we have like an emphasis or a job specifically and whatever doesn't mean that you can't be either or so like it only makes you a more well-rounded creative so it's like you know the more creative you are on the outside or the more of like you know just explore like you have to be i think to be a good creative you need to be very curious about life and just stuff in general because the more experiences you have and the more you get out there and just learn about different things and meet different people, like, you kind of just get a lot of perspective on stuff. And all we do is talk about human truths, really. Right. So. And, like, a big piece of it, too, is, like, we're 
representing like the real world like yeah. it, it needs to feel like familiar um and whatnot yeah. so exactly so it's, it's crazy Alicia's empathy and experience, combined with her natural creativity, make her an advertising badass. She just seems to bring creative wisdom to everything that she does. Alicia and I discuss my dream job and sitcoms in this edition of Ask the Host. But first, a very important shout out. I have to mention my dog, Opie. <laughs> He's a hound dog. He howls a lot, and he's super needy, but we're besties, and I'm obsessed with him. He has the largest ears ever. Nice. And he's awesome. He's just so awesome, and I love him so much. So Solid. I just had to shout out to shout Opie. Shout out to Opes. Opie, if shout you're listening. <laughs> he's probably at home pissed right now because I left. <laughs> what? If money wasn't an issue and you weren't going to do advertising, what would you do? I would be a comedy writer. I would write Ooh. sitcoms. Really? Yes. I um. I love The Office. Ugh. Um, yes. And Parks and Rec. Yeah, obviously. And I've. I don't know, like so. I've I've always been a creative person as well. So like, whether I've been drawing or a musician or writing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think I would love to be, I would love to, so I play trumpet and French horn. I would, oh my gosh. I would love to what? like do that professionally, but I don't think I would enjoy the, maybe the hours of it as much. Yeah. And also like I, the amount of practicing that goes into that is a lot. Yeah. It's maybe a little too independent, but the idea of writing like for a sitcom and like being part of like a writer's room yeah. and then seeing stuff like come to life on screen and kind of all that collaboration that goes yeah. into making something that sounds super appealing to me that would be so cool jesse's a perfect person to talk to about that i'm sure because he yeah went to film school and he was very much in i think he did second city yeah yeah um, so he has like kind of that improv background and everything and so for me i I've always enjoyed, like, writing, like, little, like, skits and stuff. And I've done some, like, longer form writing on my own. Mm -hmm. And so, like, in in high school, we had a... um, It was the Senior Follies, which was, like, (laughs) a show that the seniors put on and produced. And it was essentially making fun of, like, teachers and students and things that happened during our four years of high school. Love that. And so I was one of the main writers for that. And I had so much fun, like writing jokes, like, bringing, like, these caricatures of people, like, in, like, the school to life and whatnot mm-hmm. with with the words and then seeing it performed. And I just thought that was, like, the coolest thing. And so, like, yeah, if I ever could do just anything, I would be, like, a That's sitcom cool. writer. You could totally do it. I'm mean, always like, go do it. Do it. I mean, but seriously, you never know. Uh, yeah, you know. I, I feel like kind of like what you were saying earlier, like, advertising is so versatile and it's such a small like industry that there are going to be people that know that and it's creative and so it could be a jumping point jumping off point to something else absolutely i totally believe that there's so many people come from so many different backgrounds yeah and stuff like that so and a lot of people kind of leave advertising for a while and sometimes they come back or like they start from somewhere else so i just you never know the possibilities are endless 
Be yeah. So cool. Okay, one more question. Sure. Parks or rec, uh, Parks and Rec or The Office? Which one? Like, which one do I like better? Yeah, oh yeah. So it's funny. So, one of my uh, like icebreakers with people is kind of like what Jim does in like the, the fire episode where he asks everyone like what are like the three oh, the movies or the Island? yeah the yeah, desert yeah. island what yeah. are the five things you bring I will ask people so like what are your five TV shows and for me it's always been either The Office or Parks and Rec usually depending on which one I've seen more recently oh yeah mm-hmm. I think I would have to say The Office mm. among friends we are here Okay, good. Glad to hear it. <laughs> and I've like I've been listening to like the Office Ladies like podcast. Just Have you? I haven't yet. Like it's a lot of detail and probably like more than I ever need to know. But right, I, yeah. I was always one of those people that like I like watching the special features of like movies oh, yeah, for sure. and like hearing how stuff is made. But and so like when you're like literally obsessing over the Office, yeah, and everything like. Yeah, of course. And, like, like, I love hearing, like, the insights of, like, the actors into their characters and, like, what was going on for them, like, during, like, the shoots yeah. and all that. And so, I think, I just, I appreciate that so much. And, yeah, I think I would probably say The Office. My favorite, I think, I, I also really relate to the Jim character. Yeah. In The Office. Oh, love Jim. Jimothy. Versus I don't, <laughs> do you mind if I call you Jimothy? <laughs> um, versus... <laughs> Like, I don't think I have that same character that I relate to in Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec maybe is a little more yeah, I feel that. out of reality. Same, same. It's I think that's why I like The Office more, but Parks and Rec is so good. Like, it every is so character good. is so well developed in that show. Yeah. And, like, you love each one of them. But yeah, I definitely feel like I relate a little bit more just, just to the office in general and like especially for me I worked for three and a half years in an, a corporate office so I like was oh. in cubicle land okay so you know and you so know. like it's very real like yeah this is very dry I don't like it yes and so like I was the person who was like sarcastic or like trying to introduce some humor into things yes. and so I love it oh I love the office it's I so talk good. about the office all day Sweet. Well, sure. This was awesome. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, of course, of course. Love it. I'm now famous. We've come to the end of another episode. Alicia Benda will finish at Denver Ad School after the fall 2020 quarter. I'm Jeff Ollery. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Ad.